Uh, okay. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating from the perspective of a man who goes to therapy. I'm Scott, uh, one of the aforementioned men who goes to therapy. And um, so for this pod, I have a super internet famous, big deal, awesome guest, um, Charlotte. And um, yeah, I, th I think, how did I do this? I think I just sort of like, I don't want to say slid into your DMs. I think I just messaged you on TikTok because I've seen like a lot of your awesome content. And I was like, hey, I talk about dating too. And you were just really, really nice. And eventually I was like, I have a podcast. Do you want a podcast? And you were super gracious and said, yes. Is that about right? <laughs> That's about right. And actually, I, I remember your first, your first, I think it was like a stitcher reply to me. And I actually want to tell the story to people because it was something that really changed my perspective. Um, Oh my gosh. So, um, and yeah, I'll introduce myself after this story because I think um, your listeners would love to know. Um, but um, yeah, I made a, um, it was earlier on when I was making content. I think my content has evolved a bit, but there it was something around um, catfishing um, and, you know, the idea of catfish being out there. And I think male, female dating perspective um, plays into a role in this or the experience on the dating apps. Um, but I think the idea was just like, you know, there's always going to be a risk of being catfished. And if you don't, like that's a risk you're going to take by being on a dating app is, you know, the cat is the catfish um, concept. And that can either be, you know, someone that shows up to the date, completely different person doesn't look like their pictures or, you know, the bots, the scammers, the, um, you know, the, um, you know, people that, you know, have nefarious purposes that don't want to go on dates in the first place. Um, and I think, I don't know if it was a, a stitch or a DM, but um, you shed like a really good perspective where it was just like, hey, you know, like if men seem to be kind of upset about this, it's because it's, um, you know, this is something I experienced. Like there's men out there who are lonely. We've been in a pandemic um, and, you know, mm -hmm. men are men are falling, falling for these. They're giving um, these bot accounts money and it's a feeling of, you know, embarrassment, stress, like kind of like how when you have the, the grandparents that respond to the Nigerian prince emails and then, you know, they yeah. feel so embarrassed and you shouldn't, like if you shame them, it'll just make them, um, you know, not tell you anything or just feel worse about themselves, but just... Yeah, um, it kind of yeah. brought the perspective of like, hey, this happens like and it, it kind of changed my perspective from being like, oh, like, you know, you idiots responding to these obvious fake, fake profiles. And it, it made me take an approach more of kindness. And I, I, it, it brought that in my content kind of going forward. So I actually super appreciated that because, um, you know, women, female experience on the dating app. A um, lot less bots. It's a lot more the issues you run into is, um, you know, once you've been on the dates and trying to decipher people's intentions, um, yeah. you know, matching isn't the issue. Um, but it, it brought a whole new perspective. Um, and it, it, I think it really changed the tone of my content going forward versus just like, how could you not know that? And it was kind of like, Oh, shoot, like, I must have sounded like such an asshole here. So I oh really appreciated gosh. that. Uh, I'm so flattered. I did not I did not know that. And already I have like four different rabbit holes I want to go down talking to you and that they're totally off of the outline that we made. But okay, for anybody who might not know um, who you are, um, you're on TikTok. Um, you have a, a bajillion followers, like literally every person on the planet is following you on TikTok. I think that's correct. I checked the numbers. All of them follow you. Um, it's, it's, it's chart, char Charlotte, chartlet, your, your yes. whole thing. Yeah. So it is at welcome to the peasant party. I, it was a, um, yeah, I had a, I had an ex-boyfriend who would unironically call people peasants if they liked to, you know, use coupons, get good deals, go to happy hours versus paying full price. <laughs> and so I grew up, my mom has like the bed, bath and beyond coupons on the side of her minivan, just like a lot of other, you know, suburban moms. Um, and so he oh, would yeah. like call me a peasant. And so it was like a kind of goofy name I adopted. Um, I made it my TikTok handle. And then by the time my videos were blowing up, it was just kind of like, it's too late to change it. It's kind of memorable. And it's, it's also just kind of a fun way to poke fun at myself because, um, you know, there's a lot of, I've said like influencer dating advice where they're really bougie and stuff. And like, you know, you can't, you can't make fun of me for being a peasant if I'm already like proudly calling myself one. So it, it like I've, I've kept tone. it up. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And then oddly too, like I'm making charts. My name's Charlotte. Um, I, people would like kind of call me like Charty. Charty is like a, a nickname and it was kind of like, oh, wow, this is, this is kind of fun. So I've kind of played that into my name a little bit um, as well. I love that. Well, if my, one of my like four listeners is maybe my mom and I, I'll proudly say that I grew up in like a, a pro coupon household as well. So I get that. Oh my gosh. My mom is the most pro coupon mom in the whole wide world. And I love it. <laughs> and I've, I'm turning, I'm turning into her. Amazing. Um, well, right. Okay. So, so for, for, again, for my mom, who's probably the only listener who doesn't know who you are, 
um, your whole thing on TikTok is like creating these charts to talk about dating and I think also relationships. I think it's fair to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you're 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 funny about it, and you're so positive about it. Um, um, but but you like you like get into the weeds. Like I think the first time I saw your content, I had to like rewatch it like a few times just to like see all of the detail that you had put into like these charts, which I think is the point. Like a lot of times you're going through mm-hmm. it and it's like a chart that like really has all the detail. Like if you go back and pause it, like you have mm-hmm. all the stuff, but like you're going through it and like making your point, um, which I think is a really, I, I don't know. It's a, a unique take, but also um, I guess I would just say like, um, like dating is a space, like like dating advice on the internet is a space that can get really, emotionally charged right oh my gosh yeah and the internet is really good at like promoting um like negative negative emotions right like a a a confrontational um hot take for lack of a better term but like like a like a like starting like the dating talk wars i'm not sure if that's a thing that's on your radar but like there's a lot of content that's just like all men xyz all women xyz and and it's very um confrontational and um, I'm not being very articulate, but you know what I mean? Like it's very confrontational and your stuff is so not that. And it's, it's, it's like insightful, but still really positive. Um, I mean, I I would have to guess what we were talking a little bit before, but like that's a, that's a space that you are like intentionally creating and occupying and like your positivity about dating is like a part of what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, I kind of fell into it by accident. I guess I'll share the origin story. Um, had a, was that, I think it was yeah, brunch with a few girlfriends um, and referenced back um, one of um, a guy that my friend had been dating. I use the term dating. Um, one of those like three monthers that fizzled out. Um, and I referred, I said, oh yeah, like Phil, the guy you, the guy you dated, we, were, we weren't dating. We, we were just talking. Um, and she said, we weren't dating because we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. We were just talking. I said, no, I mean, you were consistently going on dates with him for two months. That was dating. Um, whole quarrel at the table. Um, and she kind of ended it with like, no, I, well, I call it talking, agree to disagree. I'm really bad at taking agree to disagree on the head. So I took a, a notebook. It was like a composition book. And I drew a little thing. I was like, this is when the talking stage ends. And then once you've been going on dates actively, it's dating. It doesn't mean boyfriend, girlfriend. And then like a normal sane person, I took it to TikTok to you know get some buy-in from the rest of the world. Um, it blew up and it was kind of like, oh, um, hey, like this is kind of this is kind of fun. I, I think I had like a few followers from just like fiddling around with the app. I'm in digital marketing. So TikTok's like the new big thing. So I had been like kind of trying to fiddle with the algorithm, like find a niche. Like I was trying to do stuff like fun things to do around Austin, like that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, that kind of blew up. I'm like, OK, like there could be an angle here. I figured like a lot of dating content felt kind of like dime a dozen or like people talking about their own personal experiences. I wasn't up for that. Um, but then I think the next weekend we had another similar debate of like what constitutes ghosting. Um, you know, what my um, female friend in the group saying he ghosted me um, like after a date, but you know they'd gone on the date and no one had texted each other. I said, you know, it takes two to get ghosted. Like if you didn't text him saying, "Hey, like you know that was fun. I'd love to see you again." Like could you really call yourself ghosted? Like you could be turned off by him not being excited or trying to pursue you, but you didn't, you can't call yourself ghosted. So I made like a little scale like, and, I, and then I was like, oh, I got to make this look professional. I was trying to draw it out. I'm like, I need a computer for this. Went to PowerPoint. I'm still using PowerPoint, by the way. Um, I'm trying to use Canva, but I'm like, I'm too used to PowerPoint um, and made like a ghosting scale of like, when is it ghosting? Like, when are you an asshole for doing it? That blew up as well. And I'm like, wait a second, maybe we've got a niche here. Um, I think another thing that kind of played into that was, um, think a lot of the dating vice, like you said, it's just, it's volatile, it's hot takes, it's tricks of the trade, like everyone trying to share their secret for how to unlock the code to something. Um, I think like, you know, just like the best way to lose weight and get in shape is diet and exercise. A lot of the best dating advice is going to feel boring on paper. So I've kind of tried to take those boring on paper takes and put them into charts or like some form of a visual aid to make it fun. Um, And the other thing I like to make sure my charts visual aids do is show that it's not all black and white because so many people it's like top five rules to do things or like if they do x it means y 
when in reality things exist on a spectrum. Um, I think another thing that's like a big factor into is just all these new buzzwords we've made up, all these new ways terms that we can call a relationship and what they could mean. So that's why I've made like little spectrums of like, you know, every, there's a million, like there's a, everyone has their own version of the definition of casual kind of thing. Like I've done those um, and it's just been fun. Um, I think it's been a, a fun perspective that um, I think it's shed a lot of light on like issues people are having in a fun way. Um, I think it brings humor to it without making people feel bad or laughing at anybody. Um, and yeah. I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Well, it's really awesome. Um, I, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. There's like eight different directions I want to go with this conversation already. Um, I mean, okay. So can can we, I just want to kind of get this part out of the way. We were talking about this a little bit before we hit record. Um, I think so. So and this is sort of the third. Well, anyway, I think a lot of what you do at first glance, if you were like categorize, categorizing what is Charlotte doing on the internet with dating information, it's, it is like you are being sometimes I think to comedic effect, but you are being very like defined about what something is, right? Like you are, and, and, and in some ways it's like no one else is like just raising their voice and saying, this is the definition of ghosting. This is the definition of a situationship, right? Like, because no one else is doing that, there was like space for somebody awesome like you to be like, okay, I'm calling it. You're like the Miriam Webster of dating. Like, this is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But, but like those kind of, that kind of like very defined definition approach like like cut and dry but and like you're saying there is a spectrum and there's like nuance but like mm-hmm. that kind of approach like this is what this is this is what this is at first blush some of that can feel like some of the sort of like quote-unquote pickup artist stuff that mm-hmm. people especially young men um will bump into and this is something that i wanted to talk to you about because like i i do see me my, my like my approach to what i'm putting out on the internet about dating as like a you know hobbyist but like I see a lot of what I do and in like opposition to a lot of the sort of like very prescriptive pickup artist stuff. I think a lot of young men are like, I, I, th- I think there's a, there's a lot of money to be made in, in, in taking young impressionable men who aren't in touch with their emotions, who don't really have a clear way to talk to like women as human beings. And I, you, you know what I'm saying? That's not a very good way to put it, but like there's a lot of money to be made in like basically feeding those young men content and a lot of that is around clear rules, right? Like five quick tips to get her to like you or sleep with you or whatever, right? That, mm-hmm. that kind of content is out there. And so I guess the interesting thing that I wanted to hear you talk about is like your stuff is also like in some ways very prescriptive. Like mm-hmm. these are these are kind of the rules. But, but I mean like I would say you are as far away from that pickup artist stuff as possible. Like – Nothing in what you do reduces anyone's humanity. Nothing in what you do empowers anyone to be an asshole to someone else. You know what I mean? But so like, I guess I just want to hear you talk about that a little bit because like, I I would say the similarity that your stuff kind of has with that pickup artist stuff is it's like cut and dry rules. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And I, I don't think I knew that going into making content. I think for me, it was just like, best advice is a lot more like that, like diet and exercise. Um, and how do I make this fun? And how do I add visual aids? I think I also just, I didn't want to be a character in the story. So I'm like, what's cooler than that? Me making PowerPoints. Um, so I didn't realize that until going in, going into it. Um, and, um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not the first person to to bring that up. But, um, yeah, like I, I think that's a, um, I think I've definitely said like, you know, break the rules. I think that's why a lot of what I'll put on is like a, you know, a spectrum. Here's all the things it could mean. Um, you know, here's what these buzzwords mean. Um, but I've always kept a positive angle to it. I think, um, one thing I, I hope that it can do or is doing is, um, you know, those who might be attracted to the, you know, flow chart style messaging because they might've seen it with someone that, you know, has a more toxic mindset. Um, you know, maybe they come across this and, you know, look at things in more of a positive light. I think I've also, you know, one thing I make it a point to do is I'm gender neutral, um, whenever I can be, um, I use they, them pronouns, um, whenever I can, unless there's like a specifically male, female kind of tied issue. Um, but I, I personally believe anyone can experience ghosting. Anyone can experience heartbreak. Anyone can experience, bad dates. Um, and so I really account for that. And I also, part of that too, is just 
I don't want to be heteronormative. Like I know, um, you know, anyone of any, yeah, anyone of any gender, anyone of sexually or anyone of any, any sexual orientation can experience those feelings. Um, yeah, of course. And so that's something I, I take into account just across the board. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something I think is valuable. Like I'll see people of just, you know, all different, um, genders, sexual orientations in the comments, um, you know, saying, you know, this was helpful. Um, and you know, I, I make it a point to be thoughtful in that way. Um, so that's like a, a take I always take. Um, I also, um, you know, make it a point if there's something that's like a, a more that I see is more of like a male female issue, um, kind of like to explain, you know, Hey, your intent, I, I, you're, I'm, I'm, assume you're a good person. Your intent was good, but Hey, this is how it's being perceived. You know, I know you meant well, like I try to take that approach. Um, I think I did a video and I actually learned that, that, you know, men get this question. Don't like this. Don't like it either. But the, um, you know, the, why are you still single question? I have also, so I always (laughs) thought that was a question that women were getting where men thought it was this great compliment. I had no idea that men were getting it and didn't think it was a compliment either. I really thought it was something that, you know, men asked women just kind of aloof. Um, I learned from that video that it's also the other way around too, and men hate it. Um, but you know, I made a point in that video saying like, "Hey, like, I know, I know you mean well. You're trying to say, hey, you're such a catch, but like, keep in mind, like, you know, what when you go home for Thanksgiving and you're asked like, you know, how is work going? Like, women are getting asked like, are you dating anybody? And so like, you yeah. mean well, but they in the back of their mind they're hearing their aunt's voice like saying you're going to die alone. Um, right. And so it was positive, it was fun, and then it was kind of a spin at the end to women saying like, hey, like you know, like do the best you can to just answer the question how you would have liked it asked. Like he means it as a compliment. Like I kept it positive, kept it fun. I did learn in the comment section that, yeah, like you said, men are getting that question and hate it too. But I always try to go from the place of like your, your intent was good, but you know, sometimes road to hell is paved with good intentions. Sometimes, yeah, you know, we, we miss a little bit. So that's an approach I like to take. Cause I also think like dating's awkward. People ask awkward questions. I've asked awkward questions. I've been asked an awkward question and kind of, flinched yeah. in a weird way and kind of looked back and said, ah, you know, like I, I was too hard on this guy who was trying. Like, I, I think it's an awkward, confusing thing for everybody. So that's something right. I take into account. It, it's such, it's such like dating is such an emotionally vulnerable thing. You know, like mm-hmm. it, I was just thinking about the question of like, why, how are you still single? Right. For me, and I don't know if I'm unique in this way, but for me, if I'm honest, I think part of the reason why I really don't love that question or that question makes me uncomfortable, even if I know it's coming from someone who like really genuinely loves me. Right. Um, a part of what hits me wrong about that question is like, I often hear like, what's wrong with you? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, are you, am I being too picky? I worry oftentimes that I'm being too picky and I don't know how to fix that. And like the question of like, how are you single sort of assumes that being in a relationship is the correct state. And if you're not there and, and they never mean it this way, right? They never mean it mm-hmm. this way. This is all in my head, I think, but that like, it, it just gets that, that thing going, that demon in my head going, that's like, what am I doing wrong? What am I, what, what is broken in me that is keeping me from being in a relationship, you know? Oh, totally. And I, I that's why I've, I've, I've hated that question. Um, I think a lot of women hate that question. I think, yeah, like I said, women get, it's the, you know, you go home for Thanksgiving and you watch your brothers or your male cousins get asked like, how's work going? Or like, oh, cool. You bought a house. And like women, it's like, you could be doing all those things. Like, you know, to the best of your, like all those things, like you you could have, but you're still getting, how are you still single? So that was my, that was my take on it. And of course it makes you think like, what am I doing wrong? Like, like I'm doing everything else right in life. I think that's something, um, you know, I see a lot with my audience, like I want to say my audience is like that 25, 45 age range. Um, yeah, my audience is 80% over age of 25. Um, I think I'm 70% female. Um, but um, yeah, a lot of people, oh, wow. it's like, yeah, everything they've, they've got what, what they're looking for in life, um, except for someone to share it with. And, you know, it's kind of that feeling of like, I've been able to do everything else. Like, how is, how is this not easier for me? Oh, my cat's yeah. being snuggly. Yeah. What's the cat's name? What this can I is ask Daisy. That? Daisy is so sweet. Oh, she's so sweet. Um, excellent, excellent audio podcast content. Oh, <laughs> okay. hi Daisy, oh, sweetie. Um, <laughs> we're leaving it in. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that all makes a ton of sense. Um, okay. Okay. Can I can I switch to a different thing? Is there more you wanted to say of about course. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, can I can I ask you about the the? Am I saying this right? Tinks the the box oh my theory. Yeah. 
Oh goodness. That one's one. And I think some of it's like, so tanks. Oh gosh, where do I start with tanks? Um, so she is a popular influencer. I think she kind of got canceled or something back in April, had some old tweets get dug up, um, you know, about, about, about COVID stuff and, you know, people saying, um, you know, really liking tweets that were, you know, pretty racist against the Asian community. And so she had a bit of, you know, a, a downfall, but, um, you know, big on TikTok very early, um, you know, started talking about dating and relationships and sort of became someone who talked about it. Um, thinks is she's in LA now. Um, I think she's in her early thirties. Um, and you know, very wealthy family, um, dating advice. Um, it's not good. Um, I think a lot of it's, um, you know, she's told stories about her personal life. She lives a vastly different life than the majority of people. She talks about how she shops at that like Erewhon, very expensive grocery store. Her whole thing that she coined is like, I go on rich mom walks. And like, people have even said like, you're really, you're going on rich mom walks through Brentwood, LA. And like, you know, you're walking by, you know, um, you know, immigrants like um you know people that have come to the US don't have cars that are walking to go you know work um in um oh, got it. You know, domestic roles in you know people's houses it's like that is you're flaunting your your wealth basically doing that haha rich mom walk it's like that's not that funny right. um no so that's kind of her her, her shtick and um yeah she's given dating advice um lives yeah lives a vastly different life from everyone has a very big following of young impressionable women um you know i, I think that's an age group that you know, could use better dating advice for, for different reasons. Um, but you know, early twenties, um, you know, maybe recently out of college, like, you know, looking to just have fun and, and, you know, meet guys, um, that's her audience. Um, and she's been giving dating advice and she has a lot of her dating advice is kind of like theories and things that you could almost like tie back to her name. Like so many times it's like people talk about this like box theory thing that she made up or like, right. that she, I don't even think she necessarily made up, but just, it's something she can tie her name to. Um, she's had a few other, like, it's almost like catchphrasey type dating advice. And I think some of it's really just what can you put on merch is, and I think there's a lot of it that has to do with like selling merch, like, you know, part of her being part of her brand, like you Google her, she's got a PR team that works around the clock. Um, wow. Daisy, no. <laughs> um, yeah, got a PR team that's like working around the clock, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of like a overview of how I, I see like where her advice comes from um, just, you know, before diving into how bad it is, but she has this theory called the, the box theory and she, every podcast she's ever been on, she brings it up. She's, she's excited to bring it up. She brings it up on her own TikTok. She brings it up on her own Instagram. Um, and it's this idea that when a man meets you um, within the first five minutes, he sorts you into one of three boxes. Um, you know, someone he wants to date or, you know, be girlfriend material, whatever, um, someone he just wants to sleep with or someone he wants nothing to do with. Um, and no matter what you do, once you're in one of those boxes, you can't move from box to box. Um, and, you know, if you're in the dating box or whatever, you can get away with anything because he wants to date you no matter what. So you could throw up in his bed. He's going to like you. He's going to want to date you. Um, or you could be the nicest person in the world. He'd only just want to hook up with you. And it's just, it's a very flawed theory. And of course, anytime a, a woman's going to post about this and it's like kind of goes into men's mindset, some men will like kind of just try to like fight and argue with it. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's a toxic piece of advice. And the only reason I ride so hard against it is how much it's out there. Um, and the type of people that really follow, follow it, which is younger women um, who are really impressionable. I think it's a really toxic piece of advice. I think it's both anti-woman and anti-men. I think, on the anti-man side of things, um, men are complicated people. First five minutes, I really don't think it's like that. Yeah. Um, I also think the idea that, you know, I think you know, a man will know like, oh, I'm, I'm attracted to this woman. Like I could see something romantically here, but those kind of feelings evolve over time. Um, yeah. You know, you don't know right away. Um, I also think the idea of like, you know, you could do whatever you want. It's like, you absolutely can't. Like, I think, um, you know, a, a man can be turned off and change his mind about you, um, you know, because you, you maybe you did something that, you know, wasn't that was wasn't kind or maybe he realized you weren't compatible. I see that whole box theory thing get referenced, um, like almost like retroactively or in hindsight where, you know, someone you've been on a few dates with doesn't become a relationship. It's like, oh, I was in hookup box the whole time. So you just mm -hmm. blame this box theory rather than looking back and saying like, hey, like, you know, this was where the mismatch was or like, oh, you know, maybe I, I missed here, like being able to look back at yourself. Yeah. Um, 
But you that's like one... retroactively categorize. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I've yeah. never seen someone like as they're dating someone be like, oh, like hookup box or something. It's always like when you see the TikToks talking about it, it's done retroactively, like looking back. Yeah. And that that's something where you it makes you not able to look back at, you know, what didn't work out to help you make you know, be a better buyer going forward. Um, I think on the female side of things, too, it just it puts the entire two way street into somebody else's hands. Um, it mm. encourages women to just, you know, float through and just like, you know, he's going to put you in a box anyway. So just like float around um, when really you have so much more agency. Um, I think it keeps uh, that mindset keeps women from owning what they want and saying it, um, you know, actively looking for what they want to look for. Um, and, you know, saying it from up front, because I personally think, I also think too, um, this is a take I have that some people think is, I guess, controversial. I don't think men are evil. I think if a woman, <laughs> I know, like I say, t- like, it shouldn't be controversial. <laughs> I, I don't, I, so I think, I think, I, I think the vast majority of men are good people who want to do the right thing and think they are doing the right thing. Um, and I think a lot of men too will just, you know, assume that the woman, a woman's having fun and enjoying herself and okay with with what's going on unless she says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the guy who maybe, you know, sex isn't a big deal to him, mm-hmm. you know, um, woman, maybe it's a bigger deal to her, um, you know, going on a few dates, hasn't said what she hasn't said, you know, Hey, I want a relationship out of this. They go hook up. He realizes he doesn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was not his intention to, you know, he wasn't intentionally going to like, you know, try to sleep with her to try to, you know, mess with her head. It was mm-hmm. more of mm-hmm. like a, I had no idea. Like, I think a lot of men, if, you know, you said, Hey, you know, like this is a big deal to me. Like, I don't want to move forward with this. And unless it's something that, you know, we see as something that's, that's going somewhere. Um, so I want, I want to let you know that. Um, I think a lot of men, if they, you know, either did not want a relationship out of that or just, you know, weren't totally sure at that point would say like, okay, cool. Let's stop. I think a lot of men would do that. Um, but I think that box theory encourages women almost like to do otherwise or like not say your feelings just float through life. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to zoom out on this a little bit, but like real quick. Um, yeah. Like the box theory thing. Well, this leads right into it. Like, like when, when I've heard it and I, and I knew you would like know all the background on it. So I'm glad I asked, but like, I've heard people reference this and talk about this um, mostly on TikTok and like dating content on TikTok. And for me, I hear that and I go like my initial response is like, oh my God, like I don't do that at all. These people totally misunderstand me. And then I start to think like, well, maybe I'm too old. Maybe this is aimed at a younger audience. Maybe young people do this. Did I do this when I was young? I don't think so. But like, I feel really misunderstood and like not seen, right? As a man. And, but what that does, I think, I think a lot of guys feel that way, or I don't know where they feel, but like, it's the kind of thing on social media um, that does well because it invites controversy, mm-hmm. right? It's the kind of idea that will get people chatting in the comments and like getting into a flame war in the comments um, because, you know, they either think it's true, you know, like they have strong opinions about it because it's a hot take that some people are going to like for one reason and other people are going to really dislike for another reason. And because it gathers, because it, it stirs up that controversy, you know, the, the massive TikTok computer, you know, isn't, it, it's not watching this content and deciding what would be good for anyone to see. It's just checking to see what's generating the most interaction and shoving that in front of people's faces because that's how the algorithm works. Right. I mean, more or less. And I, I guess like, and this, again, this is kind of like why I really like your stuff because it's so, you, you do, you talk really fast in your TikToks, you get a lot of info in there, you know, but it's, it's because you're getting a lot of info in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I wonder sometimes, and this kind of gets into t- talking about the apps too. I wonder sometimes like about what effect social media is having on the discourse or the way we think about dating or even like community to get bigger about it. But like, I guess let's keep it to dating. Right. But like, even if I don't subscribe to this box theory, right. If it's something that's like out there in the universe, I think it might be fair to say that like, it's still a part of the, the big picture understanding of how people are thinking about dating. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if like most people are like hearing that, going, well, this is really popular on TikTok, but it's obviously BS, so I'm going to reject it, right? Like, even if they don't strongly agree with it, they might think, well, this is popular on social media, so a lot of people must think this is true. 
Does that make oh, sense? Totally. Oh yeah. And I, I, and I think that's why I'm, I've really like kind of an ulterior motive I have in kind of this TikTok space aside from, you know, you know, creating content, enjoying it, you know, hoping it'll do something for me is just, I think the dating advice out there is so toxic. Like I think something that's a big thing about that whole box theory is it's easy to say, it's easy to remember. It can sell push, push merch. And, um, it's something that, yeah, it's, it's, mem- it's memorable. It's, it's fast to say. And, um, I think, yeah, with it being out there, I think, you know, there's impressionable people on the, you know, on the women's side where it's like, oh, this is how men are thinking. You know, if it comes across a, a you know, it's, it's a theory that doesn't necessarily like bad mouth men. I think, you know, men who are, you know, really thinking about you know, themselves and their feelings might say like, I don't think like that, you know, a 20 year old guy who doesn't have, doesn't have a ton of experience with women might say, oh, like, this is how I should think, you know, the women yeah. are saying men think like this. And it's, um, I think creating a really toxic mindset for, you know, the younger generation. Like, I feel like I'll, I'll come across the Gen Z dating advice. Cause sometimes I'll go and I'll, it'll be like guys with microphones and it's like, Oh, here's two 22 year old guys who bought microphones with their Christmas money, trying to start a podcast and yeah. the way they talk about dating and just the, the numbers and the rules they've assigned to it. Just this whole like idea of like the whole body count thing coming up or like, you know, oh really God, stick yeah. into like the one to 10 rating. Like, Oh, look at these two saying this, like bringing everything down to a, a number. And it's just like, it's really giving this almost like one dimensional view to, to dating relationships. That's, um, you know, really depressing to come across. Like, yeah. um, I really do hope my content is able to help that audience. I, I would like to think it's something that people will grow out of when they realize that, you know, dating, you know, sexual experience is not just this like, you know, one to 10 scale and, you know, you can't really quantify it. It's the most qualitative thing you could ever do in your life. Probably. Um, yeah. Like that's what I'm, that's kind of the message I'm hoping to send, but it's, I, I do think like that type of advice is, you know, by, you know, influencers, guys with microphones trying to sell their pickup artist courses. Like I think they're preying on people who are looking for answers and it's, it's really harmful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, geez. So many places I go with that. Like, like I, I, I remember being a young man, right. I mean, many decades ago and like, it's, you know, like, like the confusion around, uh, figuring out how to pursue romantic connection, like whatever you want to call that. Like, I do think there are probably young men who think like, Oh, I, men categorize women into one of these three things. I ought to do that. That, that must be what I'm doing here. That, but that, because I think men aren't really primed to talk about like vulnerable emotional stuff, you know, like I, I was never in college over a beer or whatever, talking to someone about like, I'm not really sure how I feel about this woman, you know, like I like talking to her, but I feel this way. You know what I mean? Like I I can see somebody saying like, well, you're going to box somebody into one of these three boxes. I can see myself at that age being like, oh, well, that must be well-researched and I should just think about it that way. And that sort of like influencing how I would actually see something as important as romantic connection. You know what I mean? Like I, I get the vulnerability to that kind of thing. Oh, totally. And I, I think it's, it is a challenge for young men. And I, I wish there was a, 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 you know, better community that could talk about, you know, you know, these men's, men's issues, or I wouldn't even say it's like as, you know, as serious as some of the other, like, um, you know, men's issues that men are, are facing, but just how to talk to women in a healthy way. Like, I think that's huge. Cause I, I think I was telling you before we hopped on just, um, you know, young men, you know, going from being a little boy that everyone thinks is cute. Um, all of a sudden one day you're big and scary. Um, and yeah. people are scared of you. You're walking down the street, you know, you know, women, they, they hear the stories about the, they listen to the murder shows. Like you're all of a sudden you're big and scary, but you've got all these like alpha people telling you be big and scary. And, um, but you, you should be big and scary. So you're trying to find this line of like, how do you not be a creep, but how do you also be like, this big, strong man that everybody wants. Um, and then, you know, like that, that kind of fine line of just like, how do I do this? And, you know, seeing some guys where it just co- seems to come so easy for it, it must be frustrating. Um, and on top of that too, it's like women, female friendships, like we'll get like women, like, even even when you're young, you have the sleepovers and you, you talk about boys, you call, do the prank calls to the boys, like growing up, you talk <laughs> about, and, and that continues into adulthood. Like you have the brunches and stuff. Like, who are you seeing? Like you have the friend that will grab your phone and swipe through Tinder for you and help you craft the breakup text messages or help you like answer the complicated message. Like you talk about these things with everybody and and then you don't have that. Like if you went to yeah, your group of friends, like, I don't think the same community of like, Hey, I like this girl. Like, how do I ask her out? And like, I can imagine it must be hard. And that must be why like guys are just turning to someone who makes them feel seen. Even if you know, the answers that those 
people are trying to give them are toxic and scary. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think, I think men, I, I have this whole theory that like, like the stereotype that men are like the horny, visual, sexually aggressive. And I mean, the, the, like the horny men concept, right? That's a theme in, in life, right? I have this pet theory that like women can crave physical intimacy just as much as men and everybody's different and everybody has their different things. And like, what do I know about individual people? But like, in general, my pet theory is that like, I don't think men are actually that much more like quote unquote horny. I just think that like, we aren't as good at getting intimacy out of any kind of relationship except a romantic relationship. And even within a romantic relationship, we're just not that good at getting like the actual intimacy that I think human beings crave. And so I think a lot of guys like end up packing that desire to be seen, to be understood, to be accepted, um, just gets like crammed into hooking up or sex Mm -hmm. because we, because we don't have anywhere else to put it. And like, obviously this is like super broad strokes and stuff, but like, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think like if, like if I could wave a magic wand and like change society, right. I would, I would send all the men to therapy and like, let us talk to each other about like, uh, about intimate, vulnerable stuff, you know, like help each other out, like crafting those breakup texts or like whatever that means. Right. Um, and I'm, 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 I don't think I'm saying that like, women are like perfect here. I don't want to like put an entire gender on a pedestal or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that if we were better at forming emotional supportive connections that we wouldn't cram so much into, we wouldn't put so much weight on, I have to get this person to want me or sleep with me or, you know, date me or whatever, because we're just, we're just putting too much on that. And, and even if you succeed, even, even if you like are romantically successful with like mm-hmm. getting someone to be into you, like that's still too much to put onto one person. That's still too much to pack onto to, to get, that's too much to give another person to carry in terms of a relationship, right? Like it's, you need, we need community where we're social creatures. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I think that's like, that's something that's also lost. I think as a whole is almost like that, that I don't know if you call it like the third space of like, you know, between like a, um, you know, home and work or school, um, yeah, like back in like, spaces. The, yeah. yeah, the eighties, the, the kids would all go hang out at the mall, like even just yeah. like having those interactions and stuff. And now it's like, you go home and you get to the computer and yeah, you can talk to your friends virtually, but like kids getting outside is huge. And just like, I think that was lost with COVID, um, with young people, like, you know, the yeah. sports teams, the clubs, the groups, um, you're seeing, you're seeing less of that. I think people have fallen into those traps. I think, yeah, even, you know, adults too, like, you know, how can we get people into these like groups or teams or that, you know, hobbies or interests? Um, Cause I think those like create meaning in people's life. And I think it builds connections beyond kind of like, I go to work, I go home, I'm lonely. Like, who do I talk to? And it's like, yeah. I think that's a huge thing that's, that's lost. And I, I, I wish we could see come back more. I mean, I, I definitely, I, that's definitely true for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, gosh, the whole, the pandemic thing, right? Like, lockdown definitely i think did a lot of damage to a, to a lot of people but like to, to community and to society right i mean to get really big picture here but like yeah mm-hmm. being locked at home and like not being able to be social not being able to like connect in those third spaces i think that was as much as we did it which was maybe not as much as we needed to but it definitely got worse over the pandemic right like we need community and we just all spent two years basically on a massive community crash diet where we just didn't get enough of it and it feels like you know with people with different comfort levels with with covid now but like i don't know it feels like we're all kind of rusty you know like we're all trying to figure out how to grow that back and people have fallen into a trap with it too and i think there's also just you know the effects of it where you know people who might have been living in bigger cities like oh this is time to you know, move out into you know the the burbs like where I can get a bigger home or a bigger space. Like I know a lot of people, um, yeah, some good friends were single in the Bay Area where it's like, oh my God, everybody left because it's like they left the small apartments, they went to go buy houses inland. And it's like, I mean, you, you, you see that where it's like people have left the big cities and like there's less of that community or people have fallen into those traps. Like, you know, you know, I, 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 I love the luxury of working from home, but sometimes it's like, 
you know, I, I would go into an office every day in the in the city in Austin after work. It was just there was always something to do. Oh, you want to go grab happy hour here? Like I had a whole spreadsheet of happy hours, as you of can imagine. You I'd make yeah. <laughs> spreadsheet every single one in the city, and it was just let's try something new every day. Like this place has the best spot. I would I would grab a friend from work, like, and it was just like there was this sense of community that was always just there, and like. I, I think that, you know, there's some of that after effects where it's like the convenience that came from the pandemic, all of a sudden it's like, you know, nothing, nothing against like Peloton, but like, you know, you know, people getting Pelotons instead of going to the gym, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Like that, I think those third spaces, like if they're a place where you meet people and meet real connections, it helps you, 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 you don't need the apps as much with dating. Like you go right. to the, you, maybe you meet somebody that you really like it you know, the gym or, you know, work at work, like, you know, not that I'm advocating for people to go see their, their office as a, as a dating pool, but right. they, those things happen. Or you go to a work happy hour and, you know, someone introduces you to their brothers. Oh, my, my brother's single. He'd be great for you. Like, that's how you yeah. meet people. You make these connections or you make friends there. Hey, I'm having a barbecue this weekend. And I think that's like, you know, something that, that's been lost and where people make the best connections in dating because you've got people that you have these social ties to. Like, I think there's so much burnout on the dating apps. Like, I think, you know, younger people that don't know how to use them, but, you know, people that are, you know, have been using them a while. I think we're on the 10 year anniversary of Tinder or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but people that have, you know, maybe been on it off on 10 years, like they're burnt out. And that's why you see people like, I've got nothing to lose. Like, I'm going to just send a crude text message and make someone feel bad about themselves. Like, Mm. You know, if you meet somebody through a warm connection or, you know, someone introduces you to somebody like you're on your best behavior because you have someone to answer to or you have something to lose. Like social accountability. Yeah. yeah. Like I I think that sense of community is lost a lot. Yeah. 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 Do you think I mean, I guess I feel like the thing that's challenging about that now for me. So so I um, I did I did like an at home like FaceTime with my friends that we would stay we would stay with the gym. Like I had these two friends and their dads and we would do squats and my name is Scott. So we called it dad squats with Scott. And it was like, we would just hop on FaceTime and like do some stuff. And it, it was a way to like stay connected and stay consistent with working out. Um, but now more and more like, it's like, okay, I should, I, I miss like the community at the gym, right? Going to the gym is a part of seeing people. And I, and I realized that was part of like what I was, where, a place where I was finding community. And maybe, I don't know if it's just the gym that I'm going to now, but like, it's, I, I, I just feel like we're all rusty. Like even as I'm putting myself back into those spaces, it just feels like everybody's like, has, has lost the muscle memory or lost the, like, it just feels harder to, and I'm not sure maybe I'm just, you know, three years older than I was before, but like, it just feels harder to actually find that community. I don't know what it is, but it feels like even in the space, it's hard to kind of make the chemistry, the community click. Oh, totally. I, and I, I, I feel it too. Like I said, maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's the feeling of getting older, like, holy crap, like three <laughs> years have passed by and like, you know, we're not, nobody's the same person they were three years ago, but like, right. It's, it, I feel, I, I felt, I, I still feel it. I think there's also just the, you know, it takes a lot more to get someone off the couch. Like it's, you know, if you were already out, like up ready, dressed for work and stuff, you've, you've, you've been out to an office, you've been social all day. Like you've right. gotten those social skills warmed up, then, you know, that happy hour isn't all that hard or like, you know, that right. date that you're going on, like, you know, you've already got your makeup on for it. Like it's less of that, like, oh, I got to get out of bed for this or like, you know, oh, I've got a, this will be the first person I'm seeing today type of thing. Like, I think it's definitely just, you know, had a, a big ripple effect um, slash direct effect on, on dating and relationships as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay. There's a couple more things that I, that I've got here on the list. Um, can we switch gears? Is there anything else you want to say about that? Yeah, no, perfect. Yeah, totally. I, um, okay. So I have this weird pet theory and I, and I don't, I don't know how well I can back it up, but it's just like a thing that I think, let me put it this way. I don't know how much of this is actually me trying to figure out how the world works and how much of this is me like wishing and hoping that this would be more true. But I, I kind of think that women have in, you know, and this is very heteronormative, but, but women, straight women looking to date straight ish women looking to date straight ish men. I think that, that they kind of have a little more agency and power than they used to. And there's a, a big conversation there about like feminism and how the world has changed and what is acceptable for a woman to do with her life, but also what is acceptable for a woman to do like in public. Right. But I, I think, I think I would like, basically I think, I think it's, 
I think women, I guess I should say, I, I wish that women felt more empowered to like signal that they were interested in someone because I, th- I think they have sort of more agency and power. And I would like to say safety um, than they have in, in the past. Of course, like big caveat, like, especially on the internet and in the real world, like it doesn't take that many men being assholes to make any space unsafe. And that's like extra true on the internet because we're talking about like thousands and thousands of people. It takes a very, I would say a small percentage of men being horrible to make the whole space feel uncomfortable. So I I don't, I don't want to like, I don't, I don't want to ignore that obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But like in the, in the women that with the women that I've, or, or I should say, in talking to women like for this podcast and just like through dating and like life, like I I feel like a lot of women, a question that a lot of women have these days is like, why don't, why aren't men pursuing? Like I I know women in San Francisco who are like, men never approach me. They they just, they're Mm -hmm. just kind of like, why, why aren't, why isn't somebody coming up to me and talking to me in public? And um, yeah, I think, I think like rather than these women sort of like, um, limiting themselves just to the men who are going to like roll up to them and say hi in a, at a cafe or whatever, like, and again, I tell me if I'm wrong, maybe this is just me being wishful here, but like, I kind of wish that they felt more empowered to like, not even necessarily make the first move, but like send like a signal, like send oh, something totally. that says, yeah, like a welcome sign that says like, Hey, you should come talk to me. Does it make sense? Oh, totally. And I, I think that I think two things that kind of like that crossed my mind as you're saying that. I think first, I think maybe a reason men are doing it less is you have a tool in your pocket where you can find out for sure if someone's attracted to you without sure. um, without you know having your feelings hurt. Yep. Like you, you know, if someone left swipes you on Tinder, whatever app you're on, you never have to know. You never have to get the look. You never have to go. Oh my god, can we leave this bar because this person just rejected me? Yeah. Um, you have that convenience tool. Why get your feelings hurt? Men have feelings too. Men get rejected too. Rejection sucks. So I think maybe you're seeing less of it because they have a tool that makes gives them the advantage not to. Yeah. Um, I think another thing with women approaching is you know there is sort of that advantage women have had growing up where they haven't been told to ask people or I guess disadvantage advantage they haven't been given that whole like you know go ask him out go ask him out kind of thing that men have gotten where you know men are used to it they've you know every man probably by the time he's in his mid twenties has been, you know, asked someone to something, yeah. um, had that rejection, like feeling they've, they've experienced it for women. It's like, that's why it's like, you go on Bumble. It's like the opener is just high because it's lazy. Like women don't want to get turned down either. So I think there's like that feeling too, yeah. of just like, like, I don't want to get turned down. Like, you know, the men are supposed to be doing the asking out, like how hard can it be? And like, not realizing like there's some hurt that goes into it. Um, I think, yeah, there's also just that, you know, I think women kind of, maybe at the age I'm at, like being told um, it's by your grandmothers or it's by those like feminine energy people that, you know, I think have gone too far that are saying like, <laughs> and pursue or like you, you're, you're, you have masculine energy. If you go and approach or, you know, you're, you are opening the door to, um, you know, like the guy thinking you're a floozy or something. If you go and approach, um, right. I think that messaging is still out there. Like people still have it like, you know, echoing back from when their grandmother said like, you know, don't be too available, um, you know, with the idea that like, you know, there's a, fi- there's a, you know, very long window of time before it goes from, you know, just a, a friendly approach to being too available. Um, right. Which I mean, it's basically slut shaming, right? Yeah. And so I think that messaging is out there. I think there's also just the messaging of just the men should pursue, the right man will pursue it. But at the same time, there's also, you know, men don't like to be rejected either. They've got the convenience of Tinder, like why get your feelings hurt if you don't have to. And so there's just this kind of like, disconnect there. Um, I also do think like, I've never had issues. Like, I also think an approach doesn't mean you have to walk up to someone and say like, you're so attractive and I would like to blank with you. Like, let's go on a date next week. I personally think like, if you walk up to someone and say, uh, you kind of bump into them and say, oh, what are you drinking? And if they just say vodka soda, they don't want to talk. If they think you're attractive, they will take that conversation somewhere. You'll say, oh yeah, vodka soda. Like, what about you? It's a conversation. Like, yeah. I think there's so many soft approaches that you can do in a social social situation that, um, you know, are fun, flirty, like that can, you, you can take somewhere. Um, and I think people don't acknowledge, acknowledge or encourage, and maybe I should do a TikTok that encourages that. 
Yeah. I mean, I like, like, yeah, like I think so often you think of like the cold approach in, in the real world and like the stereotypical places of bar. I'm not a big drinker. So it does, it's on a bar as I always think of like the cafe or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah. So often you think like, okay, I'm nervous. I, I, I think this person is kind of cute. My brain is automatically trying to figure out like who they are and imagining what it would be like to date them, which is of course wrong because I haven't even spoken to this person. Yet. I don't know anything about them. Right. But my brain is already like building it up too much because my, my brain goes too fast or whatever. Um, yeah. And you think that it has to be like, you think that whatever you're going to do has to be this, like the bid for their approval. And you're going to instantly find out if they like you or not when you're right. Like the soft approach is much better. Like just walking up and like, saying hello and getting a feel for who this person is and like investigating that and being like, you know, you know, you think they're cute because you've seen them. Um, but you don't know like anything else about them. And that part of that process should be like exactly. getting to know them as a human being. Exactly. I think, yeah, too many people have fr- see a cold approach when you think the when you think cold approach in your head, you think that person across the grocery store is very attractive. I have to go walk up to them, tap them on the shoulder in front of everybody who's listening and say like, hello, you're beautiful. Like, I would like to go on a date with you. And it's like, of course, that's going to sound scary. There's so many like, you know, softer, cold approaches you can take that will, you know, be a way better way to engage with people. Like whether that's in a bar or a cafe, like, oh, like what kind of coffee is that? Or like, yeah. what are you, what are you reading? Like, obviously you want to approach somebody who's, you know, looks to be open to being approached. If you get those soft, sig- you have to know the soft signals like, oh, okay, cool. But like, yeah. It is kind of helpful when it's like the soft signals because then it doesn't feel as much of like a rejection. It doesn't feel like, no, I will not go out with you. It's kind of like, oh, like she, you can just tell yourself, oh, they're busy. Yeah. Like, their headphones um, are on. I shouldn't yeah, talk to I, them. I got to do a video about that or I got to do something where it's like, the like this is a lot of people's version of a cold approach. There's a lot more like fun ways to do a cold approach. You can, I, I look forward to seeing that chart, Charlotte. Like, <laughs> um, so, okay. W- one more random thing. Like, so in the beginning, like when dating apps, so I was on dating apps a long, long time ago, like back when OkCupid was the thing that people used. And early on, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, a nerdy kind of techie person. And I think, I think a part of me is a little idealistic. And I think a part of me sort of like believes in the positive of the internet, like connecting people. Obviously, there's like a really dark side to it. But like early on, I thought that dating apps were going to be great because I thought that it would mean that if you were looking to meet someone romantically, you could go to a space where you knew if they were interested in you and you could express your interest, you could swipe right or click like or whatever. Um, And I thought that what that would do is it would give people a space to look for that kind of connection. And that would mean that men would no longer have license or it would be much less acceptable for men in the real world to do things like catcall or like intrude on a woman's space or like, like a lot of like, like cold approaching to me feels really, really rude, right? Like if, if I'm in a space hanging out with people in my community, a place where I go a lot and there's a dude who is like making women uncomfortable because he's like sitting down at their table and saying like, Hey, I don't mean to be forward, but can I talk to you about whatever? And like, she's obviously not, obviously not into it. Um, to me that like make that like harms the fabric of the community. Like that's not a thing that I want to do because I don't want to like, make the spaces that I like, like my third spaces, Uh a hostile place for anyone, right? And so I thought early on that like dating apps are going to be a good thing because that's going to be less likely. That's going to happen less, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was just so wrong about that because like- Totally, yeah. And I think, um, (laughs) yeah, what you're describing is a cold approach. Like I almost wouldn't even call it because like that's that's the thing about like a cold approach. Like there's a fine line between like, fun and cute and creepy. And some people say, well, if she's attracted to you, it won't be creepy. It's like, no, attractive people can do, can be too forward or, or, or be creepy too, or make people mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, and I hate saying it's one of those, like more things change, more they stay the same, but there's been, yeah, a new version of creepy that's made its way into the, the digital space too. I think, you know, if there's a guy who's, you know, cr- who doesn't understand boundaries, doesn't respect women in the real world, that's not going to change when he's on his phone. I think you know those yeah. are the guys that are sending the dick pics or being sending the uncomfortable messages or negging or the guy that you know if you don't respond for twenty four hours says go fuck yourself bitch like that kind of that per- that type of person like right. um, I think you know those people are on those apps too that that would have done the creepy cold approaches um, and 
they're the, they're the same person on that app. It's just different a different font, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also think it's like they have more access to people that maybe wouldn't have come across them. Like maybe they'd be hanging out in spaces that you know would have a similar personality, but you know people that would have maybe never come across them, um, who you know wouldn't associate with someone like that, are 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 coming across are coming across them because they've got more avenues to more people they can meet, more people they can approach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think one of the like the the good thing and the bad thing about internet dating is that you get access to so, so, so many more people than you would otherwise. And that's great because, you know, if you're looking for that person, it maybe maybe that increases your odds. But it's also terrible because it means a thousand people who aren't for you can be in your space, can send you messages, can be hurtful to you. and it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of work to filter through How, whether you're a man or a woman or however the apps work for you, online dating, like it's a lot of work, like filtering mm-hmm. through or trying to reach out to or whatever it is, thousands of people. Um, and we didn't even get into like the dating apps really. Like I, my, I mean, my whole thing on TikTok is like delete the apps. I think like, mm-hmm. it, it's like, it seems like there are, there are days when I feel like the dating apps are just a, a necessary evil. Like it's just gotten to a point where that's where people are who are looking for romantic connection. But like, man, have I come to loathe them? Like, I think they mm-hmm. reduce us to, it makes it, re- it's really hard to express yourself. It's hard to like, it's hard for me to put together a profile that actually gives someone a feel for who I am. It's mm-hmm. hard to get a feel for, for who someone is based on their profile, right? That goes both ways. And like just the sheer numbers game of it makes it just mm-hmm. emotionally crushing oh it's draining um and i i, I haven't been I, I think the last one i was on was was hinge um that was probably seven months ago um and um yeah like i, I think I, I never did the the swipey bumble tinder ones i think i tried them in austin at first when i first got out of a relationship but austin's just such a big tourist city and you just get the guys that were here on bachelor parties on those apps and it was just like oh. i can't fiddle through these like hinge it was one of those you had to put your location um but like I don't think like, and I obviously I was on Tinder, Bumble, whatever in my early twenties. Um, yeah, I had a period of time where I was in a pretty long relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know that I ever made a quality relationship out of uh, someone I match with on the app. Like, mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't, I never liked the way people talk to me on them. Um, that that kind of almost accountability piece um, with dating, where it's like, you know, they, people could ghost because they, there was nothing that would be like, oh, hey, like you know, you, have, you, you would risk bumping into them again, or like they, you know, have a mutual connection that could say, Hey, what happened there? And they, you know, they would feel the need to like, you know, be more respectful. Um, I also think like, I'm someone with a big personality, um, on an app. I, I look like every other chick, like I look like every other Texasy blonde or whatever. Um, and I, I do better when I can lead with personality. Like, I think it's like, I have a personality that can really win people or repel people. And if I lead with pictures and, you know, my personality comes out later, it would, it would be, that was a frustrating experience for me. So I, right. um, it makes it hard it, to find who's for you. Exactly. And like, yeah, I would get matches like guys, like if you tell guys that like, but you, then I can imagine how it must feel for a guy. Cause it's like the part they struggle with is the matches part. It's like every time you tell that to a guy, it's like, but you get matches. Like, but you get matches. Like, look, like you're getting matches. Guys, at least they want to date you. It's like, okay, but like, look at all, like, what do I do with this? Or what do I do with this person sending me these messages? Or that goes on this, I, I, you know, get ready for this date and they say something crude to me or like, yeah. they're not honest about their intentions. Like that's exhausting. And the key response yeah. that guys would just say is just, but you get matches. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guilty of that, honestly. Like yeah. I, that's definitely one of the big differences. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Um, Okay, can I can I can I open up one more one sure. more topic here and we can wrap it up? Sure. Thank you so much for your time. Um so okay, so the thing that I that I like the chemistry. Is uh, there is there a chart for chemistry? How no. do you think about chemistry? I, I think that that's the I've I've got to put something where it's like you can't chart this. Like it's it's so strange how chemistry works because sometimes it's like you could meet someone on an app and see the pictures and think they're attractive. And like in person, there's this objectively attractive person in front of you and it's just nothing's there. Um, there's people that, you know, I've been attracted to that friends haven't been attracted to. There's, you know, very conventionally attractive people that I just, I don't feel it with. Like, yeah. and I can't explain it. Like it's a, it's like the most feeling of feelings. And I say this as someone who puts things on the charts, like 
I can't chart that. Like, I if, if if we knew how to do it, we'd all you know have our person. Like, I wouldn't be making TikToks about it if I knew the answers <laughs> to that. Um, That's not what I wanted to hear, Charlotte. I wanted to hear that you I, had the I answer. I wish I had better. <laughs> That's the one thing I, I I don't know. Like, behave. I mean, maybe some behavioral scientist has, has found it, but I mean, even they're at, they're at odds with it. Like, you know, there's people saying "fuck the spark." There's people saying like "look for yeah. the spark" and like you know go chase the ghost because the ghost probably exists. Like how long do you look like? Yeah. We're all, everyone's at odds on that. And I, I hope that's not, yeah. It's, I'm, I hope that doesn't sound like too discouraging or anything, but like, I think that's one of those where it's like, you know, that, that's something that I've, yeah, I've, I've wrestled with too, where it's just like, you know, how come this is so easy for some people? Like, mm. I don't know. Do you have, I mean, I don't know. Do you, so, so um, like the, where are you on the whole fuck? I'm so I'm reading Logan Yuri's How Not to Die Alone or How to Not Die Alone. Great book. I love Logan Yuri. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, uh, uh, and I think I think she's in the kind of fuck the spark camp, kind yep. of. Um, I don't know. Do you have a take on that? Do you have thoughts on it? It's tough because it's like, how do I know what my spark is or how strong of a spark? Because I've I've had those like instant firework sparks. Like I know. Um, I think the. Um, my, my, my most recent ex-boyfriend that was just spark from the get-go and mm-hmm. it crashed and burned like it was one of those where it was like we would have such these fun weekends and nothing was ever getting done like it was just like you need that stability where it's like there was almost too much spark but I've had some of those like I've had the zero spark where it's like no but then there's some of those where it's like halfway spark then there's some where it's like a slow burn it's like what's the right answer because I think there's a lot of different versions of a spark mm-hmm. and I don't know what anyone else's spark feels like mm-hmm. but and that's what make, I think makes it tough. Like I think at some at some point, like I do think maybe her fuck the spark is coming from people who are just chasing a ghost, thinking there's a feeling that they haven't felt yet. Like I know this person's out there because, um, and you know I'm just waiting for the spark. And like you know they're declining people that they have fun with and like and that are a good presence in their life because they think there's something better. I think it's like that maximizer concept. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's yeah. that's more who she's speaking to. Um. I think there's so many different versions of a spark. I don't even know. I have no idea. I have no idea what your feeling of spark feels like or anybody else's. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, when I, when I'm being unhealthy about it, I think my, my toxic dating trait is I think I am a maximizer. Mm-hmm. I think I'm definitely somebody who falls into that trap of, or I, I guess I should say, I try to be mindful of the trap. Like I, mm-hmm. I try not to use dating and the apps and stuff and think like, well, there's somebody else, you know, I try to tell myself like, you know, the give, give a connection time. If it, if, if it's something that seems like it's a good connection to another human being, Mm -hmm. I I guess, I I guess I am kind of like in the fuck spark camp now where I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be like, okay, let me give something time. Um, because I think a lot of my great relationships where I felt like a lot of like chemistry and that, whatever that thing is, that thing in here in your heart where Mm -hmm. you're like, it's on fire, you know, and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that that stuff came, I think, slowly, um, but it makes it hard, right? Because like as you're dating, it's it's hard to know like who to spend more. T- I mean, w- w- what a lovely problem to have, right? I don't mean mm-hmm. to complain about it, but like if you met, if you date somebody and they want to date you again, like how do you know how long you're supposed to hang out with that person? Because you don't want to waste somebody's time, right? Mm-hmm. Like how how do you know? Is there a chart for this? Like, how do you know when it's time to? (laughs) It's an age old question. People have been making movies about this, writing books about this. Like go, go find a chart. Like a, what's it? The, a, a, a Jane Austen novel. And they're talking about this. It's like they're riding in horse and buggies. Like it's age old question. Like there's rom-coms, there's books, like no one's figured it out. Yeah. We, I guess we've been talking about this for a long, long time. Um, well, awesome. Charlotte, thank you so much for, for chatting. I've had a lot of fun. Is there anything else that, that is bouncing around that you wanted to talk about or ask me or I don't know, anything at all? I don't know. This is this has been an incredible conversation. This is a great like warm up to my Saturday. This gets me real jazzed up. Like I've thought about <laughs> a lot of my feelings. Like I'm excited to like, yeah, see my friends and kind of just have all this on on my brain. Like this is this is just this has been a great conversation, I think, as a whole. Like, yeah, you've got you've got a good podcast. I like this format a lot. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Um, well, okay. I think that's what we've got. If you, if you ever want to come back, the invitation is always open and be more than happy to chat with you about whatever. Um, and you're going to do a podcast. Like you're going to, one of these days you're going to fire something up. I look forward to that so much. 
I've got it. And I would love to have you on my podcast um, when oh when that day comes. I need, a, I, need, I need to figure something. I've got like my whole like office here and I, I got to figure out how to, um, yeah, set something up. Like just get like, just, 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 I think I gotta, I gotta just like start something, start somewhere and just see what direction to take it. Um, yeah. Well, whatever you do with it, it's going to be amazing. I definitely encourage you to go for it. And, um, yeah, that's super cool. Um, okay. I guess let's wrap this up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I guess I just always wrap these up by telling the audience that, uh, we, we wish them all the best. I wish you all the best too. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really, this has been fun and I hope, um, I hope your audience really enjoys what um, I had to say here and um, yeah, feel free to follow along. If um, it's at welcome to the peasant party on TikTok. I hope to expand to some more platforms uh, and I will make those known. I really do want to get to YouTube longer form um, and more written content as well. Um, so trying to expand and, you're all invited to follow along. Um, I take yeah. also just audience feedback and suggestions on topics to cover. Um, I don't know if chemistry is one that I could eloquently cover, but anything, any kind of dating <laughs> issue, I, I love to you know help the world and, and make it fun along the way. Yeah, de- definitely. And everybody who's listening, so it's you, your handle at like most places is at Welcome to the Peasant Party. Yep. Okay, awesome. I'll put that in the little note thing or whatever so people can click on it. But awesome. Charlotte, thank you so, so much. You're so amazing. Um, Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank you.